Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw, fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Meyer to Blythe podcast. I'm Todd Blythe, joined as always by Brett Meyer. Brett, what's going on, buddy? Another beautiful Wednesday here in uh, Minneapolis suburb of Maple Grove. Um, we had a nice warm day today, and I think tomorrow it's supposed to be like mid 60s, and I don't see any 80s on the horizon. So it's uh, we usually break into uh, winter pretty quickly. Not much of a fall. Um, so <laughs> go from I, go from 90, 90 to thirty in about. Yeah, the, we actually had a very time. nice spring, which made it nice with the. Obviously, the quarantines and having to be at home, we could be outside from like mid-March on, and then we've had a nice hot summer, so I'm okay with it. I can handle nice. it. You're going to get out uh, in this nice weather and get any, get any swings in the next couple of days in preparation for a big match on Friday? There's no preparation necessary. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, it was it you and Mylon Moses versus me. Yep. We'll have to me, do like... Uh, me and Mylon in a better ball, so just the lowest of, uh, yeah, lower of our two and, scores on each hole. Uh, yeah. So it's essentially me versus Brett. Last time we played, it was a bloodbath. I had to give you what eight shots, and I beat you by thirteen or something like that. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, you were generationally bad from like a hundred yards and in. It was one of the more pathetic oh, yeah. examples I'm, of. Um, I'm one of the few people that gets uh, gets worse the closer you get to the hole. No, nah, I think a lot of people do that because they just love to hit the driver and bomb driver. And yeah, you were <laughs> you were especially bad though. It was a. Uh, it was a bad um, day. Not nah, yeah. Well, I don't know that I've seen much better from you. But we've golfed once in the last what 365 days more than one we were supposed to go to sand valley but somebody canceled on me so now i have a sweet gift card i'm just going <laughs> to use all of it since you you, you backed out on me so well, that's fine um yeah. anyway so uh so what else is going on how's the fam girls are good i had bath tonight and they Ooh. love taking baths and all that fun stuff. Mom does a bath, and I just wait until they're done. I come in, and I get them dressed, and then they get ready for bed. So we kind of got a little exactly. routine going. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. I'm, I'm excited to come back to Iowa this weekend and hang out a little bit, play a little come golf. Come back. You can, we'll make you a sign. You can join the protest, see if we can get uh, Roosevelt football and the rest of DMPS back up and running. Are they doing another, um, I guess, another one this, this weekend or what? No, I don't think so. We, I mean, we should, but obviously the first one didn't really help. But yeah, so we're we're still shut down. So uh, now it's the villain in the story in my eyes has uh, completely switched from the governor telling us we're shut down to now she seems like she's willing to to work with us and, and it's basically come down to she said, hey, show me anything, like just just give me any sign that you're trying to do what what I'm asking, and she'll reinstate sports and kind of give us the go ahead. And now it's uh, the school board and DMPS itself that is uh, can't get out of their own way and can't get the kids back on the field and um, performing and, and all the extracurriculars. So it's it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, I guess. Where do you think that sports like? Where do you think that ranks on their priority list? Because I'm just thinking from from the from the perspective of yeah, I'm just saying like if they're just like, look, we got to make sure that. You know, so the at-risk kids in our communities and in our schools have, you know, have access to meals and, you know, internet or whatever, however, you know, however they're going to shake that out. And then 
you know, sports is probably pretty far down on that list, especially if there's budget concerns with doing a hybrid model. But I'm just trying to think from, you know, in our world, it's like football, football, football. And I'm wondering if that, where that, where that lands on their list, you know, probably they kind of pretty go down. low. Um, the, the issue that a lot of this is, and you'll hear it. I mean, I've, I've, it's been all over Twitter, at least on my timeline um, this whole week is you have a lot of, a lot of people who, you know, they, they just want the option to have, be able to send their kids to school if they can. Um, a lot of the, I've heard stories of, you know, you have a parent that has to stay home now because they have, you know, middle school and, and high school kids uh, that are, have to do everything online. So they can't work or it's the other way around where both parents have to go to uh, go to work and, and you have a middle schooler, you know, a 12 year old um, oh, or, or 11 year old that just stays home all day and they're supposed to log in and get everything done on their own with no supervision. Yeah. yeah. I think the hybrid model is, um, it's the, the best option. option. Right? It's the best of the, you know, it's best of a bunch of bad options, but yeah, I think if, yeah, that's the way I would look at it is if, you know, obviously I'm not in that, you know, in those shoes of a superintendent or, you know, whoever's in charge of a school district, but yeah, it's gotta be tough. But man, the hybrid model does make a lot of sense in that, in that regard. Um, Given the option. I mean, to, yeah. to say you have to go to school, um, that's tough on families because then if there is an outbreak or something like that, now all of a sudden these families have, you know, no notice at all to change their lives around and say, Oh, well now my kid's at home. I have to stay home or I have to figure out some way to, to make sure they're logging in and doing everything they're doing. So I understand why they, they didn't do a hybrid model or at least in the first place chose to go hundred percent online because it was what they thought the safest of, uh, of two bad options. Um, which whether you agree with that or not, it, it, it is what it is, but having the option to do, to go school a little bit for, for a lot of these families is essential and they haven't had that. Uh, and then now, you know, the school board voted, yeah, Hey, we're going to do a hybrid model, but only if we meet all these metrics and the metrics they rolled out essentially made it impossible to ever go back to school. Uh, and that's what the governor's saying now is it, it seems like the MPS rolled out these, their own metrics to say, you know, we have to hit this criteria as far as positivity rates, um, new cases per day for the population um, before we'll go back. And it's numbers that we're not even close to right now in Polk County. Have you gotten a read on those outside of like the sport, the sporting community or just outside of extracurriculars on how they feel about this? Well, a lot of people, you know, that I see that don't aren't on the inside as far as it's not affecting them. So all they see it is, you know, the, 10,000 foot view and, and their view is, well, if it's not safe enough for school, it's not safe enough for sports. And I, you know, I think that's an extremely lazy take um, because that's not what it's, it's not about. It's not safe enough for school. It's trying to make, you know, options for families and, and, you know, give people a plan that way. Uh, so when people say that it's kind of annoying and I have to do everything I can not to, you know, quick bang something out with my thumbs on Twitter, but um yeah. No, to be honest, I mean, everyone that I'm involved with and everyone that I talk to is, has some stake in either athletics or extra, extracurriculars uh, in the Des Moines public school system. So, Yeah, interesting, unfortunate situation. And, you know, you hope that, I mean, shoot, the Big Ten just got their stuff rolling better late than never, I guess. Yeah, and, we're looking for a little leadership um, on either side that's willing to, uh, to bend a little bit in order to make this work. It seems like the governor's done that. She's willing to say, hey, just show me anything and, and we'll make it work. And now uh, DMPS is the one that looks like they're willing to die on this hill mm -hmm. um, of not, uh, not going back to school. So, so what, did the, what, what, what did the governor change in her proposal from the beginning? She didn't change anything. Um, so what, wanted, how, how would you wanted, say she's giving? Like she's 
compromising. Well, she won the court battle, so she could have. She didn't need to compromise at all because she won it in the in the courts. Um, and then, but she's told DMPS both behind the scenes and in public, if you show me anything, because originally the the law is you have to be in school fifty percent of the time. And she's like, I understand that's hard to make that jump, you know, in no time flat to go fifty percent from nothing. So if you give me a hybrid model that shows me that you're working towards fifty percent even if you're starting out at 15 or 20% of in school, that you're working towards that 50% number, I'll let sports and, and all extracurricular activities uh, start up right away. So that's where she's, she's giving a little bit. And then now DMPS, like I said, they're going to die on the hill of, nope, it's not, it's not what we want to do. We're going to go, uh, we want to stay hundred percent virtual. And I've heard rumors that it's a teacher's union thing that, that there's teachers getting the union involved that they don't want to go back. I have no idea. There's so many rumors right now about who's at fault and who's doing this that you don't know what to believe all the time. But either way, um, again, what I've said from, from day one in this is the only people getting screwed are the kids. And that's, that's what's sad. Yeah. But you also think about the communities where a lot of these schools are too. It might be some underserved communities that are going to be affected at a higher rate than the other, you know, than yeah, Ankeny's and Waukee's. that are living multi-generational households where there's more people at risk, and I get that. Yeah, well, I'm talking um, about the teachers, too, like if you're teaching at some of these schools. So I can understand, yeah, I think it's important to open your mind up to think about, you know, think about all the other the other people and, and kind of what their – Yeah, I, I'm simply trying to look their at responsibilities from the standpoint are, of, yeah. of what we can do for the kids and having structure in a kid's life at this time in their life not just sports, but I think the school model is, is important too. Um, but also making sure they're at least getting lunch during the day. Um, you know, a lot of our kids, when we were having, able to have practice, but not have school, they'd come to practice and we'd ask them, you know, what have you eaten today? Shoot, have them look at you and just kind of shrug their shoulders. And well, they haven't had anything today. So we're we're doing our best as coaches to try and get them protein bars and uh, shakes and things like that and sandwiches and, um, just to try and get something in their stomach because they haven't had it all day. Now that's not all the kids, but there's enough of them that it's a concern. Yeah. So hopefully they can get it figured out. So, yeah. But anyway, we can transition to something uh, a lot more fun to talk about. Like the Cyclones absolutely <laughs> sucking this past weekend. Yeah, that was um, not the start you want. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I was just like thinking about, because like when you lose a game like that, it's kind of an embarrassing loss and one that, I mean, it's more so on a national scale, right? Because, you know, you have a lot of people who, for good reason, and a lot of the national pundits were like our coaching staff, and which makes a lot of sense. We've got a great coaching staff, but, you know, we're picked to win a lot of games. Some people are picking us to be Big 12 champions, and, you know, we're kind of that trendy team on, on, the, on the up and up. It's the first game after college game day, and a lot of eyes are on it. And, yeah, I think um, – left a lot to be desired when you talk about obviously special teams, giving up two scores, one kick, Gross. one punt return. And um, Here's a take I've heard this week. I'm not saying it's my take, but it's a take I've heard. Is Matt Campbell just, uh, just a lot of hype and sound bites and then not a bunch of uh, substance on the field? Again, not my take, just a take I've heard. Where did I mean, you we, hear that? We love his uh, Twitter where, you know, where I get all oh, where you get all this morning. But, uh, you know, we've heard all the – you know, if the, if the, if you love the process, the process will love you back. Everybody loves that line. Um, it sounds a lot like, uh, I am so proud to be your head coach. Um, so I did, you know, it's just some to, some to chew on a little bit. Just, uh, we've had success the past few years under coach Campbell. Again, I think he's a fantastic coach and a great fit for us. Um, but we have to stop coming out at the beginning of the year 
and looking like we did last Saturday because we were outmatched on every phase and uh, it seemed to be outcoached as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about the, yeah, that, that take is, is pretty ridiculous. I'll say that. I know it's not your take, but it's, I mean, we look at somebody who, like the end, at the end of Coach Rhodes' tenure, like our program is not in good shape. Um, you know, I think it just right. feels, you know, it's tough to do. It's a tough job. It's not like a knock on Coach Rhodes, but that's the, that's the reality. So, you know, I think you look at winning three games and 16 and then jump into eight wins, back-to-back eight-win seasons, all the wins that we've had versus, um, you know, some really yeah, good teams. Program's think, in a better spot, no doubt, but we yeah. lost to Louisiana Lafayette 31-14. to 14. Yeah, we did. I mean, I, I, I will say that, we have to figure out whether it's – and they even mentioned it on the broadcast where I think it was maybe Golick um, Sr., who I thought did a great job. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, yeah, he, he was good on the call. Um, he just mentioned that, you know, maybe it was some, some reflection on the bowl game and maybe he worked him too hard during the bowl practices. And, um, Campbell, just, yeah, Coach Campbell had, had mentioned it to, to the broadcast team that that was something that, you know, going to Notre Dame and – you know, he, he, Coach Campbell is blue collar and he's in you know, Division Three, and there's a lot of those traits and characteristics that a lot of, you know, I know some guys that played at, at UW Whitewater that are just like extremely successful out, in Mitch. life. Yeah, like Mitch Moore is one of them, but I just know guys that either made it to the NFL or um, are like, you know, leaders in their, it, whatever their jobs are because they have that chip on their shoulder. They have that, that blue collar work ethic. And, you know, Coach Campbell mentioned that maybe. We, we did too much hitting during, you know, camp and it was time to kind of, to reevaluate that. And I'm just wondering if that translates over, you know, feeling that way about bowl practices, is there something, because the last two years, you look at you and I last year, and if Brock Purdy doesn't recover a fumble on the goal line, which, you know, you and I probably should have recovered that fumble. Brock just made a great play, right. great effort play. Like we lose that game and you and I is a good team, but be we're better. For- what yeah. You're saying absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not saying it's it's true or false. I'm just thinking that you know, and we come out this year, and but I, I'll say I'll also say this: like Louisiana Lafayette is a team that I'm going to guess that we weren't the only school that had a chance to schedule them, and we did. There's probably some that balked at it, and you know, yeah. Kansas. I want to say Kansas scheduled Coastal Carolina. And, Gosh, they were down by like they were getting spanked at home early. Less. Yeah, but I, I don't want to ever. Hopefully, no, no, no. We're not. We're not Kansas. Kansas. I'm just saying, like, what my point is, like, you know, there were teams that scheduled easier games, so they thought. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we scheduled a team that won 11 games and, and has a really good it, coaching staff. And I can see how it'd be a, an easy trap to fall into too of kind of overworking the guys in a in a year in a situation where you're going to feel rushed as coaching staff to get everything prepared and feel like you got to get your team in shape. Um, not physically, but just in football shape as far as ready to play, ready to hit. Um, and so I can see how you might not take the days off to save legs and things like that that you normally would throughout the, uh, you know, two-a-day training camp. Um, and, and, I mean, this goes for Louisiana as well. It's always, you know, it's, everybody's under the same conditions, but it's, uh, it's a lot different. You can go live reps all you want in practice. It's not the same. And it, I think it showed up early in the game. I thought our defense, as, as well as they played as far as, you know, really not giving up a lot of points because a lot of it was special teams um, and the one long pass. But I thought we missed a lot of tackles on defense too. I mean, you don't see uh, Mike Rose bounce off guys like he did uh, on Saturday. And um, I will say if it was a, a tired thing, then a, whatever they're doing for the receivers and tight ends, that's their hands are too tired to catch the ball. They need to stop that drill. 
because we didn't get much separation. And when we did, the ball just bounced off. So, yeah, we had two, I think two bad drops. It was either back to back drives or back to back plays. Um, but, I, you know, I think Sean Shaw had one and then Xavier Hutchinson had one. But yeah, Xavier looked good. Shaw I thought had he had a couple chances late in the game. And, you know, not easy catches, but catches you, you want a senior leader to make. And on a day when Purdy's not as crisp as he could be, your receivers and tight ends got to bail him out. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a tough, yeah, your best offensive player, Charlie Kohler, one of, you know, two or three really good ones, All-American last year. Yeah, By all accounts, somebody that, yeah, he'd be playing on Sundays if he decided to come out. I mean, he's an NFL player, and we don't have him. And I think that his presence in the middle of the field and just in, in any kind of formation, whether he's tight to the line or he's in a two-point, like, it doesn't matter. He is somebody that is going to attract the defense, and I'm sure they probably game plan for him. I mean, who knows? It may have leaked that he wasn't playing sometimes – opposing teams and coaches find you know there's a way to find those yeah. that information out so i don't know if they knew before the game but they i promise you that if he's on the field he's, he's getting played differently because he's somebody he's a tight end at the top of his route he's not a speed guy but he's big enough long enough has to catch radius and he can separate he just has whatever you know he just has that knack at the top of his route to be able to whether it's a head fake or just he, he knows how to get open and he completes we catches when the ball Yeah, he completes up. catches. Yeah, I think Chase had a good game, but Chase Allen is just not that type of player that's going to yeah. separate the way that I think, the way that uh, Charlie Kohler does. And as far as the drops, you know, that's tough as a former receiver and then, you know, receiver coach now. It's – and you know this is from playing, uh, you know, college ball. Yeah, I know from playing with you how many drops can happen. So on you know, one like, hand in my career. Um, anyways, not, not the point we were trying to make, but um, – now, I mean, you, you get a guy who you say, okay, this guy has, doesn't have very good hands. He drops the ball a lot. You put him on a jugs machine and he catches 200 balls after every day in practice. And in three months, the guy still has bad hands. So it's, you know, I talk about this with other, other coaches and other receivers coaches. Is there a drill out there to get a guy to just flat out catch the ball better? Um, and you can get better, but it's, it's hard to make, you know, big gains just catching the ball. I mean, it's uh yeah, I think you can, it can get be more a concentration thing, but yeah, it's guys that have bad, bad hands sometimes just have bad hands. Yeah, so you but you might be able to get more comfortable them. catching the ball in traffic, you know, some in, you know, if you're, I think a couple of those are slants that they dropped where, you know, you're going to be, it's going to be, you're going to be in close quarters with, with some of the defenders. But yeah, I think, you know, Coming the number one thing. Who had, who had one, one catch in his career in college I on an absolute dime. All I know is I didn't have any drops. You know what's funny about that play? So we ran a trick play against Texas. We actually lost that game um, 56 to 3. So we were in it. You could have left that out. Time. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was 07. I, I got a little tidbit about 07 here in a second. But um, yeah, so it was the play like if they were in man to man, just man coverage, middle close, one high safety. It's like, don't run it, audible out. If they're in too high middle open, we can run it because it's a zone. But if it's man-to-man, there's a chance that you're going to get blown up, like you, like you being the quarterback, me. So I look, it's a man. I'm like, no, we're down. We're already getting spanked. I'm like, I'm running the play. Like, whatever. I get hit, I get hit. Didn't get hit, didn't score, but we, you know, we completed the pass. It was kind of one of those turn around, pitch to the running back, and then you came around in motion and running back pitched it to Just you. Couldn't, and I'm out there couldn't have alone. walked it out and handed it off any better on that ball. Yeah, a little behind me, but I did end that year uh, as the big 12th leader in uh, passer rating. I was one for one for 24 yards. So, wow. It's you. Now I was looking <laughs> at, um, like just thinking of, cause like when you lose a game like that, not, I know obviously they're not in school right now. So it's a little bit easier, but like when you, I can remember like in 07, 
just an abysmal start, right? We lose to, we lost to Kent State and with like Julian Edelman was quarterback and then he had another DB that got drafted, but like Julian Edelman, a quarterback, couldn't tackle him. He was unbelievable the whole game. You know, on new offense, new coaching staff, struggled mightily on offense. But then we also lost to UNI and then go on the road and lose to Toledo. And like those Mondays going to class are just disastrous. Like you don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to look at anybody. You're embarrassed. Everybody's looking at you. I don't you. remember for sure, but Heckler. I'm positive I didn't attend a class on a Monday after a loss like that. <laughs> it was kind of like stick your head in the sand and hide. I know, but yeah. So I, mean, I always attend a class if we won, always. I know. You remember our senior year where we had like two road games where they didn't have like the plane ready or there was a plane issue? Like it, well, one was Texas Tech and then Toledo, we were literally there for like five hours after the game. I do remember that. Remember that. I remember, I remember the, the delay after the Toledo game. I do remember that. It was just like twice that year. And then Texas Tech, we got down there and got spanked, and we're just literally sitting here on the – like we were on the plane for like five hours because there was like a mechanical issue. Or I don't think – at Toledo, I don't think they had a plane there for us or something. Yeah, I think you're exactly yeah, right. I just didn't remember have a being plane. there. It took forever, and we're like, we, man, we just want to get out of here. We yes. want to get on a plane we and fly sick. home. Yeah, and that, remember that was like the bootleg – like field turf that was worse than AstroTurf. Yeah, we had to try like three or four different pairs of shoes to try and get yeah. something that had any kind of grip at all. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, that was a rough year. But uh, so the, gla- the glass bowl over in Toledo. Yeah, and the glass bowl. But, you know, on the bright side for Iowa State is, you know, you got nine more. So we still have everything in front of us. I, I don't know that coming into the season, a goal is to go undefeated. But there is probably <laughs> goals that are – well, I'm just saying in general, like – The goal is definitely to go to be 1-0. Well, we're not, so you got to move on. But <laughs> my true. point is, like, if your goal is to be, hey, we want to be Big 12 champs, you can still do that. You know, obviously, Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Um, you know, Texas look good. Yeah, Texas look good, but, you know, Texas is Texas. They can't handle any kind of success. It just for whatever true. reason, the kids in that program, it seems like they always get ahead of themselves. So, so funny that that's, that's what we think of Texas now. I mean, it's the truth, especially under Tom Herman. I mean, it's oh, like one hundred percent. I mean, when they won the Sugar Bowl and the quarterback, we're back. I mean, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you beat a, I mean, you beat a good team. I uh, forgot Georgia about that. Year. They were just uninterested, probably. But, but yeah, I think if you look at the Big Twelve, I mean, obviously Kansas. We'd like to think we're going to be able to handle Kansas and Texas Tech. They, or, yeah, Texas Tech struggled against what like Houston Baptist. I don't even know who they were playing. So they gave up like five hundred yards and five touchdowns through the air. I mean, just that that's you got to think for anybody that's yeah i mean be, be the guy we think he's going to be through yeah i think for purdy um you know obviously he's he's 10 times the quarterback that i was so i feel bad even giving any kind of critiques out there but you just see him time and time again throwing off his back foot and kind of falling away and you just wonder you know if you're gonna if this is going to be a year where your receivers might struggle to get open and we're not gonna you know schematically we're just not there yet where you know, maybe this receiver group can handle a bunch of different schemes and, and route combinations, like to be able to get guys open, like you're going to need to be able to step into throws because the accuracy and just degree of difficulty goes way up, um, you know, when you're kind of falling away from throws or, you know, sometimes you just yeah, gotta... you, you see the You see the guys, the you know, in the NFL-wise, just Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford and the guys that make those throws kind of falling away. I mean, that is elite, elite arm talent, um, arm strength, arm accuracy, everything. And I think Purdy has a lot of that. I don't know if he's quite at the level yet to where, yeah, he doesn't have to step into the throw where he can be on his back foot and, and kind of the chuck and duck move that we've seen a little bit of where it looks like he's throwing as he's ducking. And a lot mm-hmm. of times he hits his target, but not every time. 
Yeah, I just think that's something that I noticed, you know, a few times over the course of the game. And it's tough. I, I you know, when you're back there in your offense, is struggling receivers, you know, you, you finally put it on. I'm sure he was pressing. Together. He felt, yeah, you he felt a little like, bit, you, know. you know, with the expectations he has, he has to step up and make some throws. So, yeah, but he, he, he doesn't have to do it himself. I'm sure that's what they're telling him now is, you know, Brees Hall needs to, and there's probably some more consistency. It's like there were some runs there where he was just kind of doing a little bit too much behind the line of scrimmage. And he seems to be like his best trade is just like a one cut runner. I mean, you see it, he hits that foot in the mm-hmm. ground and he's uphill falling forward and you didn't and see he looks as much like he's put on about 10 half. pounds since last season i mean he, he's a put together kid that can and we've yeah, seen the speed the long run against texas tech last year where it looks like he's just gliding away from everybody and he packs a punch when he gets to the point of contact um obviously he had the one bad fumble um last week but I, you know i think he still ran for 103 yards and and from the you know press conference that, that i've heard coach campbell wasn't real impressed with uh with his performance so i think he's gonna have a heck of a year still He's just a big kid that can run. Um, and, and like I said, I think Purdy will bounce back and be the guy that we that we all know that he is. Uh, yeah, I think, I think there's – Our run. receivers and tight ends, will, they'll be better. So Yeah, I would imagine there's a lot of that uh, kind of motivation, whether it's through the media or, you know, I mean, we, we know the drill after a, after a bad game or you lose to somebody that you're better than and coaches are going to get your attention and they have two weeks to do that. I just hope that they give them the chance and opportunity to be fresh heading into, uh, you know, heading in a couple weeks when we – we take the field again. So, did they fire the special teams coordinator? I don't. I don't think we have one. <laughs> no, we didn't fire him because I think it's the head coach. No, we don't have a special teams coordinator. So well, I think so they like, share those responsibilities. So. Yeah, I mean the the kick return was interesting because you know the I think yeah the Louisiana Lafayette coach was like we knew exactly what they were doing, which is always funny to me. It's like yeah, you kind of always do because you watch film and but. You know, if our guys are – if there's integrity and they're in their lanes, like, you don't return to kick. And we just got yeah. – few. it seemed like if you guys just collapse down, I don't know, kick off. I didn't sit on I a single special team meeting. kickoff coverage can but. be tough the first game of the year because you've never had that live rep where you're actually getting blocked full speed. As soon as they start picking guys off at different levels and blocking them at different levels, if your kickoff coverage team doesn't run down as one unit and, they, and they're at different – you know, levels, you know, the guy next to you is 10 yards ahead or 10 yards behind you because of uh, how, how people are getting blocked. Those levels create seams, and a team like Louisiana has the speed to exploit that, and they did, you know, yeah. both uh, the kick return game and the punt return game. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, hold on. So are you against um, Iowa State having field turf? Are you like one of the. Yes. What a terrible take. I'm no, glad no, you no, no, no. We need. So I did okay. the post game show on, on KXNO afterwards, uh, and that, that your tweet was brought up. And unanimous across the board. What an awful, awful take. So okay. you're talking about Iowa State, who's known for agriculture, agronomy, and you want to get What's rid of that, that have to do with a grass football field? Nothing. It means we have a whole team. I think that's like a, a, a class of, of uh, you know, agriculture majors, and all they do is take care of the best field in the Big 12. Okay. Go ahead. Give me your, give me your point of view. I'm curious. Did you think the field conditions were – I understand it rained, but I just think grass fields, when you have a better option. It rained here for a week straight. We had more rain in a week than we get on – go ahead. Keep going. If you got anything else. Hold on. It says my internet connection is unstable. It's never – it hasn't happened before. Okay. We good? I think we're, I think we're good. Um, yeah, so get back to your bad take of uh, 
of wanting to put field turf in Jack Trice Stadium, which is just disgraceful. No, it's not. It, there's a better option, man. It looks better. I promise you. Like a good, clean field turf looks better. It plays better. I bet our coaching staff would rather have field turf than the grass field. It just – you can take advantage of your speed. Like think about the game. If, Who else can take advantage of their speed? Oklahoma. Doesn't matter. If, okay, the only grass field that should be allowed is if you have Bermuda grass. Remember when you used to go play down south like it? Oh, Texas Tech. You walked out and it was like it was running around. so nice. Uh, no, Texas Tech, had, on the Texas Tech has always had field turf. Like, That's how I know you're an idiot. Texas Tech always had field turf. They had AstroTurf at Tech, Texas A&M. Said, A&M is who I said, I thought. That's what I meant to say. No. Um, but A&M, I remember looking down, standing on the sideline, looking down at the grass. And being, yeah, and not, like not 100% sure if it was turf or not. I know, yeah. That's so like Bermuda grass is the only grass field that should be allowed. Like, go play at Northwestern, and it's like, it's like U.S. Open rough on the field. And remember how bad just, Colorado's was? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, and it's a high school. I don't, field. Yeah, I mean, I understand like the historical. You know, people love the grass field, and they do do a phenomenal job taking care of it. But it, you know, I just think there's a better option out there, and there's never. You just never have to worry about field condition. Like, why would you not want to ever have to worry about it? Like, it's a sloppy day. Now it's raining. Like I you get said, the you, go, you just I'm never so have just to worry about the field. It completely. I also just it. wanted to argue with you and oppose whatever you wanted you to lose. Had. Another argument. Chalk Please. it up. Okay, put this to a vote. I don't, I don't know well, how to be Twitter polls, but I think I'd win on this one. No, I, I had some support. I have some people in my camp, too, just so you know. I know it, it's, it's nostalgia. It's like, oh. Sales reps for field turf. That's it. I said, what? Oh, <laughs> those, yeah. those are the only people in your, in your camp are people that make commission off of installing nope. field turf. Atlantic Trojans got field turf now. At least we got our own the stadium, Trojan? too. Yeah, Trojan Bulls redone. I was actually I'm going back to Iowa this weekend. I was going to go back to watch them play Friday night. It's a home game versus like Clarinda, so like Carper and Chris Williams, uh, alma mater. But uh, the field I don't think is ready yet, so you got to play like in Glenwood. So I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to make it now. But get it together, Trojans. Well, brand new field, man. Come on, new Trojan Bowl, new and improved. Bad, bad planning. But Trojans got field turf. Any noise had field a better turf. option. Any else had field turf since 02? So why'd they get field turf? Because it's a better option than grass. Well, we had two teams playing on it. We shared a field with Simpson, so it got played on every Friday and Saturday. You know you have your own field. Second we do time. now. We do now. <laughs> okay. We're so still, I, actually, Roosevelt was scheduled to play there uh, on Friday. But, again, we're shut down. Let's transition here. What do you think about the the Big Ten restart? So I get all excited and it's like, yeah, we're not going to start for five weeks. Like, wait, what? And I mean, don't tell me that this isn't purely just the blowback they got from everybody else. They made the decision too quick. All of a sudden, all these other conferences played football and had a successful start to the season, and everything's you know working out okay. And they said, oh crap, we made a decision too quick. Look at all the money we're going to lose. We better have football. Well. I don't know if it's that clean, but I would say like Missouri is playing Alabama this week and is going to be without 12 players because of COVID. And I don't think they're going to be the only one. So not to say that's like a reason to stop. And, you know, obviously the SEC, you could have 80% of the league have COVID and they're still going to have their games. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, the SEC isn't shutting down for any reason this year. <laughs> no, but I, I'll say this. So they have the daily rapid, like the daily rapid test. So you can essentially know every single day before somebody goes to practice and obviously games, whether or not anybody has COVID. 
So like, I think that is a, that is a big difference from where they were at before. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the, I think you have to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, it sounds I mean, like, yeah, the, the testing the, machines. The safety gonna... protocols, yeah, they have great safety protocols that they've implemented saying we have to do that in order to have football. I get all that. I still think deep down it came down to they said, whoops, we made a bad decision. Uh, it looks like we can still do this and make some money. I'm not – I'm sorry, but you'll never convince me that the NCAA and, and all the conferences don't just see dollar signs. No, nobody's saying they're not. That's Yeah, I would agree with that, but – at the same time, I, I think it was a combination, right? I mean, obviously, you know, the pushback, the blowback, you know, the, was it like the Iowa parents were showing up like, and like 20, 10 people showed up like that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, what are you doing? That had nothing to do with them coming back. But I think it's a combination of, you know, when politics and politicians and, you know, senators and president and everyone starts to weigh in and obviously the players, starting to weigh in and coaches. Um, and then, you know, couple that with the lack of transparency and kind of the rollout of, of the information from, you know, Kevin Warren in the big 10 office. That was a, that was a joke. That was a travesty. That was, that was pretty bad all around. <laughs> and then I think it's a combination, but I will say like having the daily testing is a big difference from where they were at. And I think the big 10 is probably positioned now to have the best opportunity to have the most successful season in terms of hopefully uh, mitigating the spread of, you know, of COVID, you know, with the teams, but I, I don't quite, you know, maybe there's some details I'm missing. I, I see here that September 30th is when they expect to have these, these test machines on, on it, on every campus. But it just seems to me like you're now going to play. Why wait? What is it like? Well, you're, you're going to have to play like you have no bye weeks now you have, whether it's eight weeks in a row, you're going to play with, Sounds like they're going to play be playing the, into, they're going to be playing into December in the big 10. Yeah. They might just play dome games or something at, the, at some point. Cause there's no fans only like, I think it's only coaches and players, families and oh, support yeah, staff. But, so you're going to play, what is it like? They had their divisions. You're going to play everybody in your division once. And then you're going to play, you know, however many games that leaves you for the cross divisional games, but you're going to have nine. And what happens if a team has a breakout or has an outbreak and, the players have to sit out 21 days with a positive test. So if That's you get a crazy. group, I heard that 21 days. I mean, you have no bye weeks, and if you get a if you get an outbreak or a group that you know has cases, and say it's like a receiving room, you got four receivers down or three three offensive linemen down, you're down for three games. That's and brutal. There's there's no room for bye weeks. I don't. You now I understand wanting to have those, you know, wanting to have the wanting to have the testing uh, machines on site, but, you know, I would do everything I can to get them there as soon as possible. And why not start in three weeks? And then you give yourself a chance to have where everybody logistically can have a bye week or two and, and leave some room. But who knows? Not I mean, like I know. they, need a lot of, they don't need a lot of lead up time for the season. These, I mean, this is 365 day programs. I mean, they, they're, they're doing football every single day. And even though they've been shut down, these guys are still working out there. I mean, I think some teams have been practicing still. Exactly. Ohio you can't State tell me that they practicing. can't get things fired up and in two weeks be ready to play a game. Yeah. Well, it, you know, some of these coaches, how um, conservative some of them are in terms of how they prepare for games. And like, yeah, remember, then, like, I, just think about how, how going back, everybody was like, well, I, I need six weeks to prepare. I need five weeks to prepare. Like, I would think, especially now that everybody's on the same page, it's not like you're going up against a team that had more time to prepare than you. Exactly everybody's going to start on the same. I, I, I just, the, when I first saw it, I'm like, you're going to start when 
it's five weeks away. That seems like a long time, but don't let me hear any tough guy coach speak talking about, Oh, we'll just roll a ball out in a parking lot and we'll line up and play. No, no, you need five weeks to get ready. Apparently. Yeah. Whatever. Bad league anyway. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. Bad league. 1970s football. If you like seven to three football games, watch the big 10. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But, uh, yeah, let's um, fantasy. I'm one to know your own one. That's great. Uh, I play your I play your wife this week, so I don't know. I hope she just destroys you. Did you ever watch the league? I, uh, when it was on the the fantasy football. It was on like FX. No, I know league. what you're talking about, but no, I don't think I've ever oh. seen an episode. No, there was um, good. It was pretty. Funny. Would there recommend. Was, yeah, it's 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 funny. There was an episode where one of the guys in the league's wife wanted to join, and he didn't. All the other guys were like, "No, I just thought of that one." You're like, hey, can Brittany play? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had 11 teams in a 12-team league, and she wasn't playing in her normal league this year. So, No, that, that, that league hey, was like, oh, man. St- this- you know how it is, try to stack up some brownie points at oh, the yeah. house. Yeah, Give a couple extra play. rounds of golf in. <laughs> no, you're just trying to cheat, collusion. But anyway, that league in the show, the league was all, all guys, and this league is obviously, it's basically like 50-50, you know, guys, girls. So, really is. Yeah. No, and I got a bad team this year. I'm a I'm a bad GM. I didn't draft very well. I drafted Le'Veon Bell. He's on IR already, and he stinks. He used to be good. And he's, he's on IR. Well, he's plays for the Jets. Like it doesn't matter how good you are, you go there to True. die. Like look at Ko. Ko's been like a, a Kaliji assembly. He's been like a ten year starter in the league. Goes to the Jets and has a shoulder injury. Like you're not hurt. He's like, yeah, I literally need surgery. And they're just like, no. It's like <laughs> got surgery and sat the year out. And now he's starting for the Chiefs. Like exactly. You know, and you look like the Jets, a monster for the Chiefs. Yeah, they're going to be unfair with Edwards Alaire and that offense. Their offense is so good. They have just guys that can – I mean, they have legit 4-3. Everyone says they run a 4-3. Like, nobody actually runs a 4-3 except for the receivers for the Jet – or for the Chiefs. For the Chiefs. They, yeah, yeah they, they can all fly. It's, that is, that's a cheat code. Yeah. So, it'll be fun to watch. Do you think Mahomes is better than me? Um – your internet cut out again. What? One more time. <laughs> he's so good. He's so fun to watch. He's so much. He's good, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy watching him because I, I I went to the game and when uh, it was a cold game late in the year and and uh, Kingsbury was head coach and they played here and we we took it to him pretty good. And I looked at Kingsbury's body language like he did not want to be here at. It was cold <laughs> and he's just like night game, terrible wet grass field again. Grass Hospital field is a is a good spot for him. Man. Um, but yeah, I, it, there's nobody on the team wanted to be here when Mahomes and them came it's, in here. Uh, anytime somebody talks about Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, I just think about how my Bears traded up to draft Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, and number two. Money, Mitch. What have you ever? I, I've he never did have, known. He you did have three fourth quarter touchdowns and, and brought the Bears back last week, but that doesn't change my opinion that he stinks still. Who did they play last week? Uh, the Detroit, Detroit Lions. That's yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And Money Mitch, rookie uh, rookie running back for the that DeAndre Swift for the Lions had a yeah, ball. Yeah, he had a bad drop. He had a game and dropped it. So he's not used to Stafford and his lasers. He caught balls from Jake Fromm his little pillow arm. So <laughs> Stafford's got like one of the best arms ever. <laughs> little baby arm. Little um, baby. All right. Well, we'll see. We got TCU on. We got a bye week this week. We're off, and then TCU next week. So twelve thirty kick. That'd be good. As coaches, I'm sure they like that. You know, one, you know, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, a game like we had last Saturday. 
it's going to suck for the players um, to sit on this for two weeks. But as coaches, you know, the old cliche, you improve the most between week one and week two. Well, we got an extra week in there too. So as coaches, you can prepare that much more. You got actual film to show them from a game, game type situations um, to learn from. And I expect them to be what we thought we were, we were going to see last Saturday. I expect that next Saturday. And uh, if they don't, if they don't put that on the field, then we'll come on here and, and complain and critique a little bit more. Uh, with our expert analysis, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what they can put on the field in the week. And TCU's got Bermuda grass. It's either Bermuda or field turf. That's it. Those are the only two options you have. You cannot have whatever grass we have up here in the Midwest. Just telling yeah, you right well, now. I bet, I bet you won't tweet that and at the Iowa State field turf or uh, field whatever. They have they have their own Twitter site. The Jack Trice Stadium field does. Oh, on Twitter you website. You won't at them. You won't at them. I don't know. I need to have some more Cody Road. Get my. I know. Oh, speaking of, which if, one are you uh, drinking? Boys at Cody Road are, are my old fashioned, of course. Have so you? They're listening. So you finished the bottle? I, just, uh, I poured up. I poured up the last. The last of my bottle, um, and actually was uh, getting groceries at Hy-Vee the other day, and the Cody Road. Um, there was no Cody Road uh, bourbon. Uh, old fashioned was gone, and also also the. Uh, I wish I wish cream liqueur um, was gone as well. So, uh, shout out Cycle Fanatic. I think is is pumping that pretty good, and people are, you know, buying, you know, going in droves to the store and buying it up. But uh, that's great, except for I can't get any. So, um, so the boys at, at Cody Road and uh, Mississippi River Distilling Company are listening. Um, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of old fashioned. Why don't you just go buy some and stop being cheap? I, did you Help listen that. to my story? I just said Heidi was sold out. You weren't trying to, you were going to get ground beef for tacos. You were not trying to get <laughs> ground beef for tacos. I just feel like I always have to go and get just getting, ground beef for tacos. I was getting tacos, Dr. Pepper so. and uh, microwave uh, popcorn. Yeah, there's your, that was your I've comment. Been, I've been living on that since uh, whatever, 03, our freshman year. All right, that's all I got. Die the champions. All right, well, let's see. I want to be seeing you. It's Wednesday night. I'm going to see you on Friday. Um, Friday knew, afternoon I, or just whatever. This, I'm also going to put this out um, for the public to hear. Uh, I ordered a new set of irons, so I sold my old ones um, like three weeks ago. My new irons have not come in yet. They're supposed to be there first thing in the morning. Uh, so I'm going to pick them up hopefully tomorrow. I'm going to try and get a range session in. The point being, you know, if I don't play well on Friday, that's obviously the reason. It's not a lack of, of golf game or lack of golf skill. It's, uh, it's, it's always the arrow's fault, not the Indian. Um, so if, if the clubs aren't hitting it straight. It, what a terrible, what a terrible, what a terrible take there. First off, what was, okay, so did you get new wedges or did you do anything <laughs> to the wedge game? Honest question, did you do anything to, to your, like 100 and then did anything change for you? Okay. Hey, Brett, Brett Chmore there with the internet. No, you're frozen this time. Awesome. All right, let's wrap it up. Your golf game's terrible. Okay, let's go. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Your golf game is a joke using your, the disgrace, using your new irons as an excuse. But um, all right, we'll have results next week about how bad I beat him in Milan. Bring, by, so. Your money. See you on Friday. Mm -hmm. See everybody else next week. All right. Cheers, brother.